You're listening to episode 36, How to Start and Grow Your Podcast with podcast manager and coach, Kat Brindle. Welcome to the Social Scholars Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Lynn, and I'm a social media consultant, personal branding strategist, and Elon Musk super fan. Each week, you're going to learn through quick tip episodes, guest expert trainings, and business owner interviews, the perspective, insight, and strategies you need to align your business goals with your marketing efforts and make social media work for you. So let's get to class. Okay, we are live. So this is um, a live exclusive interview that we really only talked about for the Social Scholar community. Um, We are going to be turning this into a podcast episode. So what I'm going to do is I have some questions. And then for those of you watching the live or even on the replay, um, Kat will dip back in here. I'll dip back in here. Um, We're going to have a question um, section. Absolutely. But we'll probably do that at the end just to kind of keep things flowing. Um, But I already have some questions. So I'm really excited to kick this off. So today's topic is how to get started, how to launch, and then how to grow. So whether you're thinking about starting a podcast or you have one and you're like, okay, now what? You're going to get something out of this. And I am joined by podcasting guest expert, Kat Brindle. She's actually joining us from, what do they say, from across the pond over in over in Germany. So she's wrapping up her day joining us. So welcome, Kat. Hey, Sarah. I'm so glad to be here. It's a perfect end of the day, so I'm excited to dig in. Okay. Well, good, good, good. Um, well, we are glad to have you. Um, I I can't even forget how we met. I always like to say how we met. I think it was just on Instagram. It was definitely Instagram, but I don't remember like the inception of how we st- We should have looked back at our chat history and see when this all started. I think, oh, actually, I think I know. I think I gave the Social Scholars podcast a shout out. I think it was one of the episodes that I like recommended. And I think that's how we initially got to talking actually. Okay. Okay. I think you're right. I love that. And I love that you do that because we talk about... Um, promoting each other and like connecting and networking and that kind of thing. So here it is in real life. This is what happens. Um, so I have some questions from this group. I have some questions from Instagram that I'm going to weave in to my own questions with Kat. Um, a lot of them, I'll, and I'll just kind of set this up. So um, a few weeks ago, I did a Friday solo podcast on how to get started with a podcast. Um with how to get, um, I think it was like a thousand listens or something or whatever you call them, plays or downloads. I don't even know the term. Um, And the point of that was really just to talk about get started because I know some of us in here, myself included, have had an idea for a really long time and we just keep worrying about what to name it, the tech part of it, what kind of mic to get it. And the point of that episode was just to share my experience my limited experience on how I got started to hopefully encourage you to get started. Um, but today, though, we have a guest, we have an expert who's going to really show us how to do it. So I'm pumped that you're here. Um, well, Kat, before we get into it, what so you you haven't always done podcasting or advise people on how to get started and grow a podcast? What were you doing before this? So way back when, I actually have a background in journalism. 
And then I pretty much went into marketing straight after I graduated and I worked all over the place. I worked in Peru, I worked in New York, I worked in London, and then I ended up in Berlin about four years ago or so. And um, I, you know, tried everything from like an NGO to a corporate. And then in Berlin, I was at a startup. It was a tech startup. And I became their head of marketing and PR. And, you know, there was not that many women in leadership, as is unfortunately still the case in tech. And that topic kind of gripped me. And I was like, okay, but I do want to have like positive female role models about leadership. I want to have conversations with them. And then I also heard a lot of my peers have like the same questions. And I was thinking, okay, I want to talk with people around the world. Uh, blog is too short. What can I do? And then I was like, podcast. I think that would be like the perfect medium to have these conversations. So about three years ago now, time flies, <laughs> that's when I launched my podcast, Leading Rebels. And then it kind of snowballed from one thing to the other. Shortly after I left my job, I actually through the podcast, I met two kick-ass women with whom I co-founded a co-working space here in Berlin for women. So that happened. <laughs> and then at the same time, I was still working more broadly in marketing first, because obviously that was like my eight years of experience in. But podcasting was always a part of that. And then I noticed the demand for that grew more and more. And I also loved digging in. Obviously, if you look back on my first episodes, you know, hopefully you'll notice a stark difference to like the latest ones. So there was a lot of development there too. And then I started with one-on-one -on -one coaching. Then it expanded to doing like group workshops. And then at the end of the year, after about two years of already helping people launch, specifically bosses who have their own business, I turned it into an online course and I still do one off like power podcast hours, so to say. But now I help bosses grow and launch the podcast. Mm, I love that. And we're going to talk about the, the um, power hours at the end of this. But um, that is that's so good. So I think the thing that makes you so good at what you do is that you have had that marketing background. So whether it was like a blog or whether it's Instagram or like whatever, it just so happens to be podcasting. Um, yes, you know about that because you've done it yourself, but then you also have all this really relevant marketing experience that also plays into that and is so important in growing and promoting and starting a podcast. So very cool. So um, I have like, I have a ginormous list of questions. So what I think I'm going to do is take us through how to just kind of quickly getting started launching and then growing kind of couple questions and then we'll just like kind of rapid fire some questions to you if that's okay cat yes of course um, and then for those of you watching live um let me know let us know what questions you have too or any any hang-ups you're experiencing in your own journey to starting or growing a podcast so what is the biggest mistake you see people make when they're even just thinking about starting a podcast? So, and I mean, this is completely understandable. I was the same way. When I started by thinking about podcasts, my first thought was like, what microphone do I have to get? <laughs> like That was like, I immediately went to like tech. This is the hard thing I need to figure out. And uh, sure, it's a piece of it, but people really quickly find out it's not the most important piece. And I think often we have a tendency to also focus too much on us versus who we're creating for. So that's the first step that I think a lot of people skip. So when well, now I teach us like first step, define your dream listener, talk to them, find out what they want. Cause we get so excited about creating a podcast, which is awesome. But then we like decide everything in a vacuum, right? We decide what the format should be, how long, where it should go, all the things we just decide because we think like what we like. And of course your preferences should play a role. I mean, you should enjoy it. But the most important thing is first talk to the people you're creating this for, because otherwise when you then launch it and there's crickets and you're like, why? Like, why is nobody listening to this? And you're like, 
because you created it for you basically, which is nice. But if you're using it as part of your business, you're creating it for somebody. So kind of shifting that perspective away from me versus them. I think that's the big first step that a lot of people skip. Okay, that's so good. Yep, the mic thing, I totally am guilty of that too. Um, what, what other things should we think about? And then specifically, you kind of, you've touched on it a little bit, like thinking about the podcast to be a part of our business or to help our business. What should we be thinking about in, in those terms about, I don't know if it's like the name or the, like the length, or if we're going to bring on sponsors or those types of things, what other things should we maybe be thinking about beforehand that can make our life easier later? So definitely one thing is, of course, defining the person. And the other thing is being very clear on your goals, because there can be a lot of different goals for a podcast. You can go down the route of like, hey, I definitely want to monetize this further down the line sponsorship. This is the thing I'm going to focus on. Or it can be, uh, no, I maybe want to do like affiliate links for the things that I already promoted, just use this as an venue. Or which is actually the case where I would say 99% of you with a business, it's to grow my business. But then grow my business is a very broad goal. That's not like measurable. I can't tell you like, well, is it growing your business? So, so then you have to get a little bit more granular and be like, okay, what specifically, like, for example, I want to drive newsletter subscribers. How am I measuring this? How am I giving it a shout out on the podcast? How can I see that they came through the podcast? Do we have a special link, for example, to track people specifically coming from the podcast? If it is literally maybe um, clarity calls that you offer, then making it a question when they you know, book a time, where did you find out about me? So you can see like, was it a podcast that they found me on? Just kind of setting measurable goals that, that you can track so you see if you're having success or not. Because otherwise you get frustrated super easy. Like it is work, of course, always. And then if you don't see results, but you're also not sure what the results should be, then you're kind of in this like mess of like, oh God, what is working? What, why not? And I don't even know what to do next. Yes. Okay. Such great advice. Kind of that whole, that saying, begin with the end in mind as much as you can. Like, um, I love that. And then um, what would you say to somebody? Because the other thing about starting is like this ginormous anxiety. And I have experiences too around like naming the podcast. And then it's like, oh gosh, well, what if I want to change the name? Um, what should we be thinking when it comes to that? Well, to kind of take away the fear. I mean, if you think of big companies like Google, Adidas, Nike, whatever, those are not worse. Like nobody came up with that name and was like, yes, that will catch on. Like nobody was like a connection to those names. They're just like random words, basically. Like Amazon. Like yeah, and exactly. Yeah. So first of all, don't like overstress, think it. There's a couple of do's and don'ts I would recommend. One, do try to keep it short. So it's not like, you know, five sentences long. Um, do try to also not have the tagline in the name a lot of people do this like you know it's the x podcast you know colon here's a little tagline the tagline is not supposed to be in the name that's like you could do this as subheading or something and then the biggest beef which i understand why it happens but don't name it a podcast <laughs> like you know um i know it's it's you know i know you have it in social scholars and it's very common 100 percent. so it's not like oh my god you did it end of the world but it's a little bit the thinking of people usually know it's a podcast and it's kind of like wasting a little bit of space because mm. it's you're using words that, you know, it's the same thing as having like a podcast microphone on the cover, unless you're actually doing, uh, you know, a podcast or podcasting. It's like, okay, we know this is a podcast. Don't you know, waste those words. And then maybe for the visuals, just my tip would be kind of think if you are important to your brand identity. So for example, you Sarah, definitely are. So having your face on the cover art is important. 
I would say in most cases for people who are solopreneurs or, you know, are definitely the face of their business, put your face on the podcast because <laughs> it has to have that recognition factor that I get to know and associate you. And then I land on your website and I still have that connection. So show you in your face, you know, this from social, but also on the podcast is super helpful. Okay. Is there any, like, when, when would you recommend or do you ever recommend not putting your face? If you're like a company or the podcast is not going to center it around you as a person, maybe as a, an example, Slack has a podcast about work. It's not about Slack specifically, but it's like stories about work. And every episode has a different story. There's somebody else speaking. It's not the same narrator in every story. So there is no cohesiveness between the episodes. So there's no one host to show. Also, the CEO of Slack doesn't make sense to put on the podcast because he doesn't really have anything to do with the podcast. So in those cases, sometimes it's fine if you don't put your face. But I would say for most people who are like a smaller business or one person business or they are the host all the time it doesn't make more sense to put your face there okay and then what about calling it like the sarah wallace show or something like that like what's your take on that um i think if your personal branding for you is super important so if like for example if you're a speaker and your name is like the most important thing you want to put out there because you want to you know books speaking gigs or whatever it is then sure put your name um, if it isn't, do try to think about something that will rather say what the podcast is about, because there's very little space basically with your cover art to communicate what is this about. So if you can rather describe the podcast, because you can always say the X show by or with Sarah Wallace, right? Your name can still be in the cover art visible in the description. It will be as an author, you'll still be listed. So your name is actually still going to appear. So I would really think about maybe using the podcast name rather to be a descriptor of what the podcast is going to be about. Okay. Okay. So good. So good. And then what, what, do, what if we change it or like, what if we're like, I actually hate this name, like six months <laughs> later, like, can we change it? What are your, what do you think about that? I mean, you definitely can, but here I would go back to looking at your audience because if it's your personal feeling of like, I don't like this anymore, but if your audience still likes it and you know identifies with it it's sometimes not worth the hassle i would say because you have this thing it is work you have to change a lot of urls you have to change the cover art you have to you know in the back end it is going to take a minute to do all the changes and make everything cohesive so i would really reevaluate if it's like super necessary i mean if you're doing a copyright infringement or you find out hey this word means something that i didn't know and i really don't want to do that Sure, makes sense. But I would really check if it's just you being bored in quotation marks or if your audience really is saying also like, yeah, no, we don't don't love this. Or if you changed your topic a little bit. And the and the reason why I'm asking this question, like I know, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. This guy used to have a podcast called like um, Facebook ad something. And then he changed it to like business because I guess his conversations were like less and less about Facebook ads specifically and more and more about just like overall business. So eventually he changed the name. Um, I mean, I guess we can do that. I guess we can do whatever we want. Um, did you find that people end up pivoting in their topic or maybe niching even more in their topic as they go along? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, I, for example, completely did that. In the beginning, it was very leadership focused. And in the further seasons, it turned a little bit more to also um, kind of more the rebel side of leading rebels and women doing things differently. And I added in solo episodes in the last season. So one of the answers here is one, this is why seasons are nice, because you can switch a little bit between seasons without be it being jarring. You're basically saying like, hey, this new season, we're going to add in something new to have a little bit of a different focus. So you can definitely adapt and change. You don't have to have like one format. That's it forever. 
in the sense of like, if you do like him, if it means meaning changing your name, sometimes I would consider if it's really radical starting a new podcast because you're okay. still gonna have those past episodes in there, right? And somebody, people do go back and listen. It's not like an Instagram post where nobody's gonna scroll back two years. It's if people are gonna look further back and if it doesn't match what the new things you're doing, then it's kind of like, okay, are we sure that we maybe make more sense to start a new one and maybe have that one finish in that topic before moving on? Okay. Okay. And the point is of this, that you can do that. Like that could be an option if you just want to, because I think sometimes that's like, Oh, I want to know that like, I'm going to be talking about this for the next three years, but like, what if you don't? And then it's like, you, you could change, you could pivot, pivot, like, like Kat's saying, you could start a new one if that made sense. Or like, I love the idea of seasons. Um, how does that work? How do you see that working? Cause I've, I've, started to see people talk about their seasons, like we're ending the season, season finale, um, which is really fun. How does that work in the podcasting world? So I love seasons because of the overwhelm factor. So two, of, one of the biggest reasons, especially people who are like bosses, entrepreneurs in some way are like, oh my God, it's so much work to run this and maintain it. And my two tips here is one, batch record in advance. <laughs> so you're not like you know, having to supply every week new content and create and edit and all that jazz. But the other one is seasons that you have breaks. So that's nice because you can literally say, hey, this is going to run until June 30th, I don't know. And then the next season is going to start in October. And that actually gives you like a break in between where you can record new episodes, where you can, you know, work ahead and have a little bit of a breather. Maybe as we just talked about, have a think, do I maybe want to adjust things for the new season, try something new, anything like that. And seasons are fine. People like expect there to be a break between them. Well, it's not so good if you have like ongoing and then suddenly drop off the world, so to say, for a couple of weeks and then reappear. Like that's not so nice. Um, there's no hard and fast rules about seasons. There's no like it has to start or end here. There's no minimum or maximum length. I like to say try to do at least eight episodes to have like a nice season. But again, there's nobody there saying like it has to be this amount and has to start and end here. You're completely flexible here. Okay, and then in on your break with seasons, do you schedule, because I've also seen people like schedule past episodes, like do you replays or do you just kind of go silent? I think it kind of depends how many you have, right? If you're somebody who's like at the 300 episode mark, then yes, the likelihood that your listeners haven't heard episode 40, for example, okay. is fairly high. So okay. sure, do that. If you've had like eight episodes <laughs> don't like recycle them because the <laughs> likelihood is like I mean you know it's kind of pointless okay. so you can do that if you have enough but it's not a must you can also just say here's a pause um you can always use that time to promote the older episodes on social media or somewhere else it doesn't necessarily have to reappear on the podcast okay oh that's so good to like promote it on social media going back to oh this is so good okay so the last question um and this is pretty specific about just like getting going is I've had several questions about the intro. What do you say? How, where, how do you get the music? How do you do it? Um, like, do, like, do you talk about the episode first? Do you not? What, like, talk to me about the intro. Cause we got a lot of questions with that. So here, this is the beauty, right? There is no one way. There's, you'll have people do a bunch of different things. You really can test what works best for you. I'm going to separate this into two areas. One is like what actually comes at the beginning of the episode. And one, what is the intro, which is usually that what bit you have like a little bit of music. Some you usually as the host talk a little bit. And then that's like the standard thing where you always explain the podcast. When you're thinking about that bit, there's a very easy structure I recommend, which is kind of 
first say why is it important to the listener so kind of for example if it's a social scholars podcast you look about their pain points or their dreams for example it can be something like um do you feel like all you do is create so posts every single day but are seeing zero engagement just something that kind of gets the listener to understand like is this for me like is this person talking to me is this a topic i care about Okay. Then once you've told them, kind of you hook them, then you tell them how you're going to help them with the podcast. So then you say, like, in the Social Scholars podcast, we're going to cover X, Y, Z to get you to this result so that, you know, you, you're solving whatever you, we just addressed. And then you can say a couple of words about you. This does not have to be long at all. Hi, I'm your host, Sarah. I'm, you know, a couple of words, maybe something personal that makes it stand out about who you are as a person beyond just your business is nice. Um, maybe as a like anecdotal here, which is really fun. Uh, a lot of you probably know Jenna Kutcher's Gold Digger, and she shared that for the longest time, right in her intro, she would say that she's a mac and cheese lover. Yeah. And it was really funny how everybody would like. She said like she would get so many messages about people sending her recipes, <laughs> sending her like examples of them like having it. So it really formed like a connection with her audience about like something that was not even like businessy, but you quick the connection. And then that's it. That's kind of your first flow of your of your intro. It doesn't have to be complicated. Tell them why they should listen, how you're gonna help them, say two words about you, and then you go into the episode. Okay. Music uh, is not that complicated, just like there's Shutterstock for music. <laughs> there's also the same, I think even Shutterstock itself has platforms. So there's platforms where you can just buy them. They're not usually not super expensive. You just browse through just like with images, look what you like, download it, and then you can use it. Um, what you put at the beginning of the episode, that was the other question, right? Some people start right away with that intro, like just with music, that standard text, and then you go into the episode. Another option is that Yusuf, for example, said that you, if you're doing an interview, you do a recording of introducing the episode yourself. Or for example, what I did in my last season is I took like a highlight, like a little snippet of 10 seconds, what I thought was really good in the episode and stuck that at the beginning, just kind of as an attention grabber. So I like putting something at the beginning that grabs attention, whether you take it from the episode or record it yourself. It's something that hooks people are like, oh, okay, this I want to listen to. Oh, that's so good. Yes. So I like, um, one of my favorite podcasts is James Wed James Wedmore's Minding Your Business. And he does that, like he'll take snippets and that is so good. And then he also does an intro to the podcast. And I actually saw, um, I know some people say, just get to the point. Don't talk a lot about it. But like the podcast, and again, this was like, maybe I need to like assess what my listeners like versus what I like. But I love it when he like intros and tells me about like his Sedona Airbnb. And I'm like, okay, I feel like I know him. <laughs> and then I'm cool with him like talking for like five or 10 minutes and then going in the episode. But I know other people are like, just get to it. So I guess that goes back to what you're saying, understand like your dream lister and like what they, what they like. Um, but I am just going to throw that in there. I personally love a good conversation. I want to know what you're doing. Kind of going back to Jenna Kutcher's like, I want to know, like, do you like macaroni and cheese? What are you doing? I and like I think, yeah. And I think you're also not just what your listener wants, but how you are, especially if you're offering your business is something where you coach or you offer one-on-one -on -one service in some way. If you like talking about that stuff and doing like, I'm going to say quotation marks, like the personal small talk a little bit, if they don't like it on the podcast, they're not going to like it when they work with you, right? Because if that's you, so I wouldn't like take it out because if it is alienating people, it's probably alienating the right people, the people who wouldn't like working with you anyway, because this is literally you. So I would also just keep that in mind that it's not a bad thing to have some people say like, oh no, this is not for me. Chatty. Oh, that's such a good point. 
such a good point. Okay. Um, what, what do we need to know about launching it? So we've like, we've brought this baby to life. We got, we've backed some episodes. We've, um, oh, and I'm going to come back to a question in just a second, but we've backed some episodes. We got our intro recorded. We got our graphic created the name. Okay. And now we're like, how do we get listeners? What are some of your tips, recommendations for sharing this with the world? So my first tip is actually to create a trailer. <laughs> this okay. doesn't have to be a super complicated thing. It can be literally a minute if you want to keep it short. But there's a couple of reasons why I'm a big fan of a trailer. One, uh, technical reasons. So Apple Podcasts, which is still the biggest platform people listen, manual reviews shows, as you know, you have to submit it and they have to say like yes or no. And they can take up to three weeks. They usually don't. They usually take three to five days. But they decide when and also when they hit publish, it's published. So it's very difficult to have a launch date because you're like between now and three weeks, sometime the podcast will launch, right? Which is not great for marketing. So if you have a trailer, you can submit the trailer with your show and get that approval and then have an actual launch date further down the line. And then you can have an actual date where you say, here's when the episodes will drop. You can also then also use the trailer for your marketing because you're getting people to the podcast, hitting subscribe so they don't miss the first few episodes. You're starting to build the buzz and it's like actually being able to show them what's coming up is super useful. For example, I did a trailer for my season three and I uh, did little snippets from a couple of the interviews I was gonna have, like highlights. So I basically was able to say, hey, this is the type of conversations we're going to have in this season, little snippets of a couple of people speaking. And also I'm going to be doing solo episodes because we're doing for the first time. And you can also use it if it's a new podcast to intro yourself because using your episode one literally as a, hi, this is me, here's my story is often a little bit like, you know, you want to get to the meat of what your podcast is actually going to be about. Your episodes should be representative of what's coming up. And you're probably not going to be talking about yourself in every single episode. So why not use the trailer to share your story? And that way, anybody who comes new to the podcast also further down the line can check that out, get your story, and then dive into the actual meat. So that's just why I like trailers. And that's the same thing. What I also say the, two, the second biggest thing I would say is give yourself enough time to promote. A lot of people are there, like, I like spend so much time thinking of creating, I just want to publish it, be gone, <laughs> basically. And also maybe on the other side, it gets, you get a little bit of jitters and you're like, uh oh, what if people are going to judge me? Like what if the reaction is not what I expected? And then we have like a tendency to hide and not promote it. So I would say a rough timeline, give yourself like four weeks, Week four, you can start teasing it. This can be while you're still creating it. You can show them behind the scenes. You can be like, start raising awareness. Hey, there's this podcast coming. After two weeks, you can drop the trailer, use the trailer to promote. And then you have two more weeks where you can like very actively drive them to the podcast, get them hit subscribe. And then you have your actual launch day. And the launch day, I always say do something nice. It could be like do a giveaway. Um, I'm a big fan of having like a little pod of people that promote with you that you can do like a that people who most share get something or something like that. So you can amplify kind of the message. And also, this is, I just say this, celebrate yourself. Make sure, even if you don't do anything else, it's a time for celebrating yourself. Because as you said, I just met someone today who's been thinking about launching a podcast for two years. There's a lot of us who, you know, talk ourselves out of it, don't do it. So doing it and hitting public is a big thing. Even if it's you solo at home with a glass of wine, you take the minute to celebrate. Oh, that's so good advice. I love it. I love it. Such good advice. I love it. I love it. Um, and that's a good tip about the trailer and a mistake that I made. Um, this is good. Cat's cheering all the same. And I'm like, yes, I made this mistake <laughs> to avoid it. Um, Cause yeah, I was like, Oh, when I hit publish, it will be published everywhere. <laughs> it's not. Um, so that is like great newbie tip. Um, 
to, to know about and great use of the trailer, like you're saying. Um, what I wanted to ask you this kind of going when we're thinking about the, t the style of podcast, because another question I got was around um, solo podcasts versus having guests. Do you have any recommendations, especially getting started in the beginning for like if somebody's like, I don't know what it should be about. I'm assuming, I guess, maybe think about your dream client, but anything else we need to consider when we're thinking about the style? So a lot of people feel more comfortable in conversation in the beginning, just because having you being alone in front of a microphone and pretending you're speaking to somebody is a little bit of mental gymnastics that you have to like be used to. So I was actually just coaching somebody today about that because she was saying like, well, I do want to do it solo, um, but I'm really like, I, I, I'm freaking myself out when I record. Like, I'm just like, I can't do this. This is weird. And one tip was, for example, why don't you get a friend to interview you? You can also have somebody that like just guides you or is maybe just listening. You don't even have to interact, but having some like person to like have the impression that you're speaking to somebody. I also, however... Interviews can be also a good format because of growing your platform and having access to people you would otherwise not. Like most people who are ahead of you in some way, even if it's a small way, if you say like, hey, can I grab an hour to pick your brain? Probably gonna be like, yeah, no, you can book me for that if you want, but not like for free. But if you're saying like, hey, I'd like to interview you for this public thing that you can then also share, much more likely to say yes. And likewise, you can then tap into their audience as well because if you give them material to promote, which is also a tip I give, then they are more likely to spread the word and you tap into also their audience. I, however, also don't think you have to do interviews. If you're somebody, I know somebody who's like just bad at interviews, like she tried it and she was like, I'm horrible at them. Like I can't like, and this is also something I don't enjoy. Like, of course you can always learn, but if it's generally not your jam, then don't force yourself to do them. Doing solo episodes is also completely fine. And you can also still mix and match, which is my favorite thing. Get Q&A from your listeners to answer on the air. Do an, a live coaching session if you're a coach, for example. That's a great way to show how you work. So there's a lot of creative ways you can adapt that to fit what you know is your zone of genius. Yeah, I and I personally enjoy. I I do a little bit of a mix too between like a, a solo cast and an interview, just because sometimes I'm like I want to. There's stuff I want to say, but I also, like you said, want to be able to interview people. I genuinely enjoy it. Um, obviously, yeah, don't force yourself if you don't. Um, but then also just from like a listening standpoint, I kind of like it when you hear the live coaching calls or like it is a solo cast when it's normally an interview or they bring on a guest when it's normally a solo interview and just kind of switching it up is, is kind of fun sometimes. So I like, I love that advice. Um, how do people get reviews? I'm a big fan of incentivizing. So we all love things, but we are also only <laughs> is the short answer, right? I'm sure everybody listening has a thousand shows that they've listened to a bunch of times that has never left a rating interview, even if they love the show. And that's like we all like anything that requires effort on our side, we're always like, yeah, what's in it for me, right? <clears throat> so we always have that subconscious, even if we don't mean it that way. And that's why like incentivizing is something I'm a big fan of. So meaning give them something back if you want a rating and review. This can be anything. It can be super small. It can be like, hey, if you give me a shout out on social media, I'll be sure to reshare. That can be like, hey, she's, you know, I'm going to get also access to her audience basically if I give her a shout out. That can be something small that doesn't cost you a lot. <clears throat> Sorry. And then the other thing is you can also think about doing maybe something bigger. Like, for example, there are people who say like, hey, once a month from everybody who lives, uh, lives, <laughs> leaves a review, I will do a giveaway. 
there's somebody who did like in a certain time period hey if you leave a rating and review in this time i'm gonna donate five dollars per person that leaves a review so you can find ways to like gamify it give something back because just asking like hey give me a rating and review often people don't like some people do but some people don't and then the last bit here like if you do have guests remind to ask them if they're willing to leave you a rating and review because hey they were in the show they probably enjoyed it <laughs> so at least they can also um when you send the material in the interview you can do it that way if you'd like to it'd be awesome if you left a rating and review Okay, and I think it's just like the simplest thing is like just ask. It would be like step one. Uh, sometimes we just don't even ask. So I like just great, and it can be simple as like resharing, like you said, was so good, or something a little bit more complicated. But the thing is, you gotta ask. People don't know. Um, anything? I want to get into a couple more like just kind of random questions but anything else we should know and we, this could be a podcast episode on its own so maybe we'll have you back but anything about growing it so anything that our our listeners who might already have a podcast maybe they just recently got one going maybe they've had one for six months to a year anything that they should be keeping in mind or maybe changing when it comes to looking to grow yeah, so there's a lot of <laughs> short answers. So I think in the academy, I cover like 42 different tactics. There's a lot of options what you can do. But that being said, it's very often starting with basics. So one thing a lot of people forget is make it super easy to listen. Have like videos showing people how to tune in. Give them a walkthrough. Put the link on your website. Easy to find. You don't know how many podcasts I've like landed on somebody's website. I've been like desperately trying to find where is like the link to actually just listen to this. So make it easy. Step one. Tip two is really engage your listeners in the entire process. A lot of us just promote the episode is live, but there's so much you can do before and after. Before is literally like asking them like, hey, what topics do you want me to cover? Asking them, like, do you like A or B more? How would you, you know, name this episode? You know, show them behind the scenes of when you're recording. You know, to show them the entire process before you actually launch. And also, this is what a lot of us forget. Bring back old episodes. A lot of us promote the episode when it goes live, maybe four weeks after, and then we never mention it again. And you're always getting new people, not everybody seeing everything. So make sure to also shout out and highlight your older episodes. Always bring those back as well. And then the final thing is if you have guests, make sure to really leverage those relationships, create like a media kit so they can share, make it as easy as possible for them to get involved in the process so that you can really tap into their audience as well. And maybe just as a fun tip, some people forget offline. <laughs> I mean, right now, bit of a challenge, but in general, if you have like a business card with like your podcast in there as well, make a link where they can just listen. For example, mine's, I just put like leaderrebels.com slash listen, and it literally shows you all the places to listen, or you can just press, press play there. When you meet people in person, it's a lot cooler to be like, oh, here's my business card, period, <laughs> versus, hey, or maybe, if, you know, I have a podcast that you might be interested in into. That also helps that relationship that you're actually building because they, they can do something that's, you know, short of like, what are they going to do otherwise? Just call me randomly and be like, hi, we met at this event. I mean, some people do, but most of them, open as cars just like disappear. So yeah. just a little more creative about basically speak about your podcast every way you can. And again and again, not just once. <laughs> yes, like marketing, advertising 101. People don't even hear you the first time. It's like they hear you the 30th time. Um, something else that I did 
is I changed my, this is probably on your list of 42 things. Um, I changed my Facebook cover and I changed my LinkedIn cover and my business page cover and obviously my group cover um, to be like my podcast logo, um, especially for the launch. So sometimes I change it out for different offers and things like that, but that that's an easy place too. Um, and a, and a, I, you know, a lot of us have thousands of Facebook friends at this point. Um, and so that's a great place to, to put it. And then I just put the link to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify um, in my comment section, which um, just another little place to, to be visible with that. So, um, okay. So we have a question inside here. Um, somebody is asking, how, I'm super interested in learning more about how to use podcasts for sales. I'm wrestling with the fact that I think I'd love to do a podcast, but if I can't find a way to monetize it, it doesn't really feel like a strategic use of my time. I know sponsorships take a while, so do I need to have more digital offerings before I start? I'd also like to launch a membership in the next few months and feel like the membership should come first, so I actually have something to market consistently. Um, what, let's see, how do I show more here? It got cut off. Um, so basically I feel, I, I think it got cut off, but, um, what would you say to, to Christy here? Who's talking about kind of what comes first, how to monetize? Is it a waste of time? So if it's part of your business, it's not a waste of time, right? Because it's kind of the same way if you would think about starting a blog or a YouTube channel. It's like any content marketing. It's content marketing, right? That being said, monetization, she is right. If you really think of like the podcast itself to monetize, if you want to go like the most traditional route, which is sponsored ads, that does take a minute because maybe just as a rough frame of reference, sponsors start looking at you at about 10,000 listeners per episode which is quite a high number. Most people don't hit that if, you know, they don't have, you know, influence or a platform or something in the beginning. And it does take a minute to build up. And even then, very few people, It's I kind of compare it to like an Instagram influencer. People make money of Instagram, sure they do, but there's not a lot more people who are on Instagram and don't make money as an influencer, right? Or they're living as an influencer. It's kind of like that same thing with podcast sponsorship. That being said, I also don't recommend it as like the number one goal for somebody who makes it part of their business. So I think she's on the right track with saying like, okay, how do I strategically use this for my business? Which is what I love thinking about strategy before you start. That being said, you don't have to have already a product because this is going to be the biggest reminder I give everybody. Also on your podcast, you want to send them to a list. You want to grab those emails somehow because especially in podcasting, you have no idea who's tuning in. It's like their statistics are just like this gender, this country. Like there's your information that you have, that's it. And it's not really great. So even before you've launched, actually, I think it's smart to use it before you have your product. If you're thinking about it right now, because you can grow that list much more organically. People are not expecting to be sold to right away. You know what, it, you can really focus on providing value, on tackling all the objections people have. This is a tip about content. When you're thinking about what I want to convert them later on, you think about okay, what could be their objections, why they wouldn't join this membership. Let's tackle those in the episode. Of course, not like saying it. You have this objection, you don't want to invest money. That's your reason why I should. But something more along like, here's the story of how I invested in myself and joined a mastermind, whatever it might be, in my business, by XYZ, whatever it might be. 
You can literally focus on giving and simply adding them to your list because then you have people. I like to compare a podcast to a microwave. It takes people from like cold leads to hot leads super fast because they feel that they know you, they trust your expertise, and then you already got them to like much more likely buying stage than if you they've never heard of you and the first time they listen to the podcast is also the same time you tell them about your offer and your membership. Like you have a time to warm them up, which is actually really useful. So that's what in your situation would be like. My advice would be like use the time as content marketing to build up the list to make that audience warm so that when you do launch, you know. You have people who are actually interested and willing, and you've already gifted a lot too. So people are also much more receptive of something you gave them. Mm, my biggest takeaway from that was like using objections to your future offers to create content. Oh my gosh, so so good um, and helpful too. Um, just another question about monetizing, and I don't know if there's anything else to add to this. So like when, when not if, when you get to ten thousand listeners per episode. Um, anything, um, like what to expect, um, I don't know if it's like what to expect financially or how many sponsors in an episode, is there anything else we should know about when we get to that level, like how that works, um, I guess acquiring those sponsorships. Yeah, so um, I'm going to, I would have looked up the numbers before to be able to tell you. But the, the rough thing is there's two models that people sponsors work with you. One model is that they pay you literally just per how long your episode or your ad is. That can be usually between 30 seconds to a minute. And they will just say like per listeners that you have for that episode, usually within a certain time frame, like the first month or so, we will just give you a fixed amount per person. The other method is that it's more like the affiliate listing that's like per sale. So they will give you, for example, your own link or whatever it might be. And then they say, um, if you know, for every person that comes through through that link, we'll give you a percentage of the sale. So in that sense, yeah, you can have uh, it's like it's it's called it's called CPA and CPM, so to say, like arrangements. And maybe just as a like a rather because I just know the numbers. So you usually get paid out for a thousand listeners. That's why the ten thousand has the start. And they usually do about eight dollars for a thirty-second ad per thousand listeners. You you have to eighteen. So eighteen dollars per a thousand listeners. Like this is average. Of course, it completely depends on different things. You can negotiate better terms, but you can do the math that it's going to take a minute to make a lot of money if you get eighteen thousand eighteen dollars per a thousand listeners. Like (laughs) it's going to take a minute until that worth it um so that's where they usually start at ten thousand because you know if it's i mean they're not gonna pay you out just eighteen dollars if you have a thousand listeners per episode um not profitable for both of you with the you know the link in that sense you usually get better deals because they're actually you no know, money in the bank they're making money by you customers that way that those deals are better but they're also harder for you because you do have to not just have listeners you also have to have actual customers for them then so those are the the standards for that and um, my tip, though, is you can probably start with this a little earlier. You can also approach companies yourself. There are platforms where you can then, once you have that size, there are even like agencies who will do it for you. But you can also, if you're like, have a slower, like a lower numbers, but feel like, hey, I really love this product. I can pitch them basically to sponsor me. You can definitely do that as well. Okay. Okay. So good. So good. Um, the other thing that I'll just pop in here and say on that is if you are, a coach or you have an online course or this is just my experience and if you want to add anything to this cat please do but um i have bought things i have signed up for many things because the host 
promoted themselves or their own offer. Like Amy Porterfield, I know she's like, this episode is sponsored by my lead list or list builders lab or whatever. Um, and I know other podcast hosts will do that too. And this one woman, I, I don't know that I've actually ever been to like her website to know even what she sells. I just know it by like, she talks about on her podcast and then I go to that specific page. So I find for me personally, it's really effective to monetize, although maybe indirectly, um, your own self, because I feel like at that point I, I know that person and I'm like, Oh, cool. What are they up to? Let me check that out. No, a hundred percent. That's also my preferred strategy for people who do a podcast part of their business to focus on like business revenue as the and podcast to be the, the driver of that. And you're also completely right with the numbers. I think it's about 52% of listeners say they would buy an, or have bought an advertised product by the host. An advertised product can, yes, be somebody else's product, but it can also be your own product. So actually podcast listeners are much more buy willing than, for example, TV listeners who just click away every ad that appears. You know, it's like, it's a very different relationship. Sure. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, hey, I'm working on this. This is what I have, and I'm I'm like never offended at all. Um, okay, the other question is around, and maybe there's maybe you've probably done a blog on this, so if it's just a quick answer to like check out this blog, let me know. But um, I have all my equipment, and I've been playing around with it, but I'm certainly needing more tips and tricks um, with putting um, things into place with the tech. Um, how to get my breaks in, music transitions. And then there was like part two of that is like outsourcing um, tips, recommendations. So I guess it's that's coming from like a tech type of angle here. Um, what do we need to know about equipment and then doing that, that maybe less fun editing work? So, um, yes, I do have at uh, my toolbox, basically, which is my the, the tech and tools that I use recommend for every step of the way. So like recording, editing, and publishing and promoting. Um, yeah, that's just catfriendell.com slash toolbox. So you can definitely look it up. This obviously microphone is going to be one of the ones that you'll see recommended. Um, but for just to have the editing uh, software, I recommend and use is Audacity because it's freeware. So for most people, most accessible. I will say it's not like the prettiest software, but because it's also been around for a very long time, it has like such a humongous library of tutorials. So anything you could ever want to know about how to do an audacity, there's a gazillion YouTube videos about it. I, of course, in the academy, go through every single step as well myself, just to have a cohesive in one place. But that being said, you can still, you know, YouTube your way to the solution there. So I would definitely not get hung up on the editing part of it. It the, the thing is, it's not complicated. It does take time. So my rule of thumb, very roughly, it's about three times as long as your episode is. So if you have a 20 minute episode, you'll editing for about an hour if you do edit like taking out words taking out thumbs and things like that if you just do like hey i don't care the content is staying the same and i'm just gonna put a filter on it you're gonna be a lot quicker but most people do some editing at least okay and then outsourcing question yes editing is usually the number one thing the first thing that gets outsourced because <laughs> it is like this time intensive most enjoy massively and i will include myself there there are a lot of vas or podcast vas that do this there's of course also in everything, different price ranges. But I actually have two um, that I work with, um, Haley from Podcasting, and then we've got Just Keep Podcasting. So both of them are people that I recommend. So if you wanna check them out, they offer um, podcasting VA courses. Okay, we'll have to include those maybe in the comments here and then definitely in the show notes for this episode because I'm sure people would love to know that. Um, okay, 
And then uh, we kind of already talked about this a little bit, but somebody had a really specific question about how do you transition from having, and this is the second to last question, um, how do you transition from having a podcast into getting speaking opportunities? Yeah. So one, so actually just had a, a Instagram live or Slack. It's gonna be. It, it is. It is already on my podcast as well. This chat I have with Heather Sager, who's like this speaking coach, um, and a speaker herself, and some really good tips here. So I'll definitely also maybe drop the link here. So if you want to dive deeper into like a fuller conversation about this, but one of her tips is one actually do your keynote, like your key pieces on the podcast. So you can send them as examples when you're pitching yourself as a speaker. You don't have to just, you don't just say like, hey, I could cover topic A. I could cover topic A and here's an example of what that sounds like, podcasting. Then the same thing is also to think of your content. I love this type of very visual as like an accordion content. Like you can, of course, the, the full length way of it is to pull it apart. That's probably usually your paid offer to think like of the squishy like summarized version of what you do and how you do it and that can also be an episode that you can then also use to tell people um that you're speakers. so basically use it as a testing ground use it as practice speaking use it as your portfolio and real so that people can use it and also you can use live audio if you're going to be speaking at an event, ask the organizer if you're going to be recording it in some way and you can get the audio for your podcast. Being able to you know, show your actual past speaking experience on the podcast is not only just great for repurposing material, but also for showing other speaking gifts. Hey, I have experience already. This is what I sound like a lot. Ah, oh, that is so, so good. Wow, I love those. Um, and I will, I'll definitely have to get that link with the Heather interview because I know there's a couple people in here who have those goals. And then the last thing I want to get into is, and I use this, and this is like a newbie mistake, right? Like, so I just started and I think just starting is really important. So at least I'm not talking to Kat two years later and I still don't have my podcast out, but um, Anchor was a hot, is kind of a hot topic. It's free. I find it like incredibly easy to use. Um, otherwise I was like getting overwhelmed with like what to do, but Tell us why maybe that's not the best place to start and maybe what you would recommend instead. Yeah, so I mean, I completely get the attraction of Anchor. Like I'm completely with you. One free is always nice. Like whenever you see like, hey, I get this for free versus paying monthly. Yes, please. And also I completely agree that their, I'm mean, gonna say user experience is beautiful. Like, you know, they're very new tech software. So they've, you know, the fanciest of the fanciest in some ways. That being said, it's like with everything in life, you have to look at, okay, if I'm not paying, how is this company making money, right? Because somewhere they have to make money, they're still a company. And you just have to decide if you're willing to enter in those terms. So I always give the example with Instagram and Facebook. We all know that we are the product. Like we know our attention is being sold. Ads is how they make money and we are the product, right? But it's like a choice that we make, is that okay for us for having a free social platform to be able to grow here and all that jazz. And then you decide yes or no. Same thing with Anchor. They decided that they would not charge creators in the sense of hosting. But then you get kind of in the point, okay, where do they make their money? And one of the iffy terms is that their terms and conditions are not very clear about who owns the content that is published on their platform. They have tried to maintain that, of course, they wouldn't keep it, but then it's kind of like, okay, are they using the data from it and reselling that? Add on top of that, that they got acquired by Spotify recently. Well, recently it's like a year now. So they're now owned by Spotify. 
who also has a vested interest in, you know, growing their podcast presence on their platform versus other people's, you know, platform, because they're also making money. And it's generally going to be interesting how podcasting is going to be working on Spotify, because right now there is no ads, but are they going to add ads in later that you don't get monetized for? So there's a lot of gray areas here because they are a new company, right? They've only been around a couple of years. They're not been around for a long time. So this is kind of those things where I say like, do your research, check out the terms, check if what they're saying is enough for you. And if you say yes, this is fine. I don't care if they own my content or anything like that, or it's fine. I, I, I trust them. They're going to figure out some other way. And that's totally fine. That's your choice. Personally, I go the choice of like, I prefer, yes, paying my hosting basically, but then having ownership and um, more of a trusted partner. So I personally use and recommend Blueberry, who is also in my toolbox. They've been around for 15 years, so a minute. <laughs> and sure, they're not as pretty as Anchor. I will say that myself. But uh, they've been around for a long time. They have a great integration with WordPress, which I love because I basically can publish podcast episodes like blog posts, which makes it easy for me. And I just know that, you know, I pay them a monthly fee, but at least that way we have a very high level open relationship, so to say. <laughs> yeah, and I know you have an affiliate link for Blueberry. So we'll include all this stuff too, because that would be great if somebody wanted to have an alternative to be able to I don't know, like buy you a cup of coffee or something if they invested in that. So um, let's remember to get that from you as well. Um, yeah, because these are the questions where it's just like, yeah, what do, what, how do I get started with all the tech and all that the hosting and all that. Um, but that's a lot of what you do and help with. And it's just kind of a perfect transition into telling us maybe a little bit more about how we can hang out with you, how can we follow along with you, how do you work with people? Um, let us, give us the give us the details, Kat. So it's very simple because there's literally two ways. <laughs> there's not a lot of complexity here. Number one is if you haven't launched yet and want to launch, I literally have the Boss Pod Academy, which is an online course. It walks you step-by-step step through everything we talked about from laying the foundation with your dream listener, deciding on the format, doing all the text, so like step-by-step -step videos of what to click where, <laughs> literally, and then creating the launch uh, marketing and, and growing beyond that. So everything's covered in there. And if you want to do the Academy Plus Coaching, that's an option as well. Or if you say, hey, I already have a podcast or I'm DIYing my launch or already in the middle of it, but I just need to like get some feedback, have some questions answered. That's where my podcast power hour comes in, where it's literally pick my brain for an hour. We record it, you get it after, and then you get an action plan to create change and you know move forward. Uh, so that's the, the paid offers that you can have for my collaboration. But there's, of course, bunch of free stuff as well. Number, the biggest one that I think we wanted to mention because Sarah is on it, is I have a secret podcast. So this is maybe just an addition on this. Uh, you can have, there is such a thing. And people are like, what is a secret podcast? I'm like, it's not publicly available, but you can still play it in Apple Podcasts. And so if you have the secret URL and instructions that you can get at capradell.com slash boss podcast. So that's where you can get free knowledge, where you can get all more deep dives, both with experts like Sarah and also me solo sharing tips and tricks. Okay, and that was one of my personal questions, so I left it off, but since you brought it up, why might somebody wanna have a private podcast? 
So I think there's a lot of different reasons why you could want one. For example, if you really have a close community. So I've had somebody who messaged me. It's like, hey, I just want to create this podcast for a certain number, certain people. I don't want like the public to know about it. How kind of basically hide it? <laughs> so this is one of the ways that you're like, OK, I'm creating specifically. For example, if you also have a membership and part of your membership or your product is you will get exclusive access to this audio podcast that nobody else has. That can be a perk of what you offer. So that can be part of the reason. For me, for example, the reason was um, that I am actually repurposing more things or also doing some solo episodes that are exclusive, but I am a podcaster and I was doing Instagram lives and everything else, which I love, but I listen to things and I would much rather listen to a 30 minute conversation than watch it. <laughs> so I'm like, kind of doesn't make sense. And I also used to do audio letters. So I would send my newsletter subscribers audio and it would only be though in that email, right? And then it would be lost. And I'm like, but that was good stuff. And now it's like, you know, not accessible for people signing on later. So basically it's like using the material, all this material that I'm already creating. So for me, it was like, this is not like a podcast in the sense like I'm creating an actual podcast just for this, but it's using all the audio. So it doesn't get lost. So people have it all collected in one place. And the subscribe method also means that I actually know the people, right? Because they have to sign up. So I have direct knowledge and contact with them. Right, versus it just being like, I don't know who's those things, some random person might be. So it's more of a secret club community in that sense. And you get access to other stuff that you know other people had in the past or won't again, or there's some exclusive stuff as well. So that was my reasons for doing it secret. It's so fun, it is so fun. So I'm gonna start one for my Beyond the Book Club um, and I'm excited about, so does Blueberry allow you to make it be secret or do you is there another workaround that we need to get with you on so i do use blueberry because i'm using basically what they let you do is have channels so if you have your main podcast they let you have like sub channels so i basically just created like you know i have my main one with them with any rebels but i just created a, a channel uh for for the that one and then that's a separate url that's like unique so that way it's hidden in the sense like sure if somebody would find the url they could hack but who's looking for like that url nobody's gonna find that like it's not if you want like super private that blueberry also lets you do password protected so then you if you have a wordpress site they let you do like password protected this really is nobody can access unless you let them so they do have that level as well but i didn't need that complicated one i was just like just hide the url <laughs> Here's the okay, okay, and I love all the reasons that you mentioned why you might have one. Yeah, your membership, like a, a bonus of some sort, maybe a private group coaching, maybe for all your clients, or so many things, um, just to kind of enhance that experience for them. And like you said, we take our podcasts like on our walks to the gym while I'm cleaning, and it is such an awesome. And I guess that would have been a great question. Like, why even start um, kind of jumping into this thinking that we already knew? But I just feel like it's such a, a an incredible way to get to know your audience or allow them to get to know you rather because um, they're caring with you. And like like this interview here, I used same with you. I used to do interviews every Friday, fun Friday chat, fun chat Fridays, um, like for over a year. And it was just like they were fun, but then they got lost because we don't consume, unless we're on maybe on YouTube, um, Facebook lives for the whole thing. And But a podcast, you, you probably will, um, or at least more than you would. So um, lots of things to consider. We could talk, there's so many questions that I could get back at you. Anything else that I didn't ask you that you feel like you really wanna share in order to, to consider this episode complete? <laughs> 
just my parting words would go very much hand in hand with what you started with, which is to just start. And I know part of what holds people back, often we say it's the tech or how to do it, but that's often like the pretense behind the fear, right? Which is natural. So my main message here really is you do have something valuable to say. I know there's this thought of like, there's people more qualified than me who have already said everything I want to say, and they've said it way better than I ever could. And I, that's just something I want people to get off their mindset. And my very, I'll do this very quick story is, you know, when back in the 2000s when those like low rise jeans were in like this really low rise, like you're like, Jesus Christ. My mom, yeah, my mom was like, cat, that's not for you. You need like high rise, your figure, like, and I was like, ew, mom, no, mom pants. I'm literally not wearing mom jeans. Like, thank you. No, thank you. Like five years later though, high rise jeans came in. My peers were wearing them. I was like, oh, high rise jeans. These are amazing. Why did I never think of this? Well, the fact was I was told about them, but it was coming from a source that for me was not the source I was going to listen to about this. So half of the people said, just to you know, bring this back, half of the people said what you're about to say, Probably, there's so much content right now, generally. Have they said it exactly like you will? And is it going to connect with the same people? No. <laughs> so I really want us to get out of this mindset of like, I don't have anything to say. Because you do, and there are people who need to listen to what you have to say. So that's just like right of my parting thing that I'm very passionate about people embracing. Mm, so well said. Such great parting words. Um, Kat, I appreciate you. This has been literally jam-packed. Like it's overfilling with with value nuggets. So I know that um, those of you who catch this, who caught it live, who catch the replay and who will listen to this episode are just going to get so much out of it um, and hopefully be inspired and excited to get their own podcast started. If you, whatever you took from this episode or um, if you end up go ahead and launching your own podcast because of this or something, connect with Kat because I know she would absolutely love to know um, what you got out of this and where are you over on Instagram? hundred percent. I would love to hear that. And I'm literally just at cat underscore Brendel. So very easy to find and connect. And also thank you, Sarah, in appreciation for you, because just for everybody watching, follow Sarah because she's a prime example of actually doing, which was like the very, very important first step, but also you're like so hungry to keep learning and keep growing and keep developing, which is also awesome. Just as an example, like just start because you can still change things. You can still keep going. You can still like, it doesn't matter. It's all good. And I think so Sarah is a good example. So I think uh, stay tuned and follow her, how she does things because she's definitely a shining light there. <laughs> so oh, thank you. Yes, I got I got lots of new questions now that I've started. Now that I got that out of the way, more questions. But I appreciate that. I appreciate you. And I know that this audience is going to appreciate this podcast. So thank you. And we will see you around Instagram or listening to your podcast. Thanks, Kat. Thanks, all. Before you go, I have two quick things I want to make sure that you don't miss out on. The first one is being a part of the Social Scholar Study Group, which is a private Facebook group where we're hanging out, looking at behind the scenes. You're getting additional bonus content. You're able to connect with the other listeners, have network opportunities, and occasionally when it works out, we're going to bring back our podcast guests for live interviews to share additional information with us to get your questions answered. So we're going to have a lot of fun over there as well as a ton of value. So be sure and join us in the link below in the show notes. And then secondly, um, I'm learning very quickly that reviews are important for getting the podcast found, reaching other people, helping them help other people by the content. 
um, and the, the guest experts and experiences that they're sharing. And so I would love it. It would just mean the world to me if you would take time to leave a review and in exchange for that time and energy and effort, because I know you are busy, I'm going to give you the Selling on Social Roadmap as well as the um, social media content launch blueprint, which basically is four weeks of content leading up to your launch so that by the time you're ready to talk about your offer in that week four, people are knowing you, they're liking you, they're trusting you, and they're ready and excited to buy whatever it is you're selling. So you'll get both of those. Just shoot me an email once you've left a review at hello at com. Let me know you've left a review and I will get you your selling on social goodies over to you. Until the next episode, I will see you around social media.